Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. I've been doing a series here on this channel covering some of the basics of my faith in terms of being a follower of Jesus. In that, we, we covered stuff like, you know, salvation is by by grace through faith alone. We covered other things like the role of baptism. We've covered a lot of different things so far, but we've also took a detour. We got onto uh, some topics like Dave Chappelle, like secular music, like liberty, some things that are controversial, some things that people split hairs about. And we still are running into somewhat of a feedback loop. And the feedback loop goes like this. Hey, if you feel convicted about something, by all means, don't do it. Okay, don't do it. If you feel convicted about something, by all means, don't do it. However, don't hold your personal conviction as a standard for everybody universally. And they go, no, it's not a personal conviction. It's the Bible. And they'll quote a verse, one verse out of context. Don't know what the story's about. By the way, new rule, don't quote any single verses in my comment section. Okay, unless like the single verse like perfectly, utterly describes your thought. Don't just quote, quote single verses. From now on, we're talking passages. We're looking at the verse before it. We're looking at the verse after it. I want to know the context. I don't want a single verse from you guys in the comment section. You guys are weird. Stop it. Now, uh, y'all drop the single verses. They get deleted. You, you get combative, so on and so forth. So, we are in a feedback loop on this channel. No, can't do this, can't do that. And I say, hey, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you're not righteous if you do or if you don't. I'm not talking about overtly evil things like pornography or like watching somebody get beheaded. I'm talking about discretionary things like watching a stand-up comedian who's arguably the best communicator, public communicator of this era and learning from his craft, also being entertained to a degree. And yes, there being some crude jokes or some profanity and that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about all of it, and my position may actually shock you in terms of where I like literally fall day to day. Secular music, secular media, secular comedy. First of all, the word secular means without religious affiliation. Everything that's secular is not evil. Everything that's secular is not anti-God. Christmas music, a lot of it is secular. It doesn't mean that Jingle Bells is an evil anti-God song. If you think that, I don't know what to tell you. If you think that, just click out, unsubscribe. Don't ever watch any of my videos. If you think Jingle Bells is an evil, awful song, just stop, right? And I know Satan and Santa, if you swap out the name, the letter here, that's not, <laughs> we're not going to get into that, okay? Now, if, if, if we're talking about secular, not everything is evil. Now, uh, sacred are things of God, things of the church, so on and so forth. We're going to talk about, is secular really sacred? Or can secular be redeemed to be used for sacred purposes, better yet? And sometimes there are secular things that are, uh, there's profanity around it. There's crude joking around it. Where do we fall, right? And I'm going to get into the passage on Ephesians 5, Ephesians 4 and 5. You guys quote Ephesians out of context to me all the time. It drives me nuts. I'm going to get into that passage. Again, passages, not verses. I'm so sick of you guys dropping single verses and not reading the passage. It just shows poor hermeneutics and it shows you don't really understand that scripture has to interpret scripture. With that said, I personally, you guys may not know this, I don't really consume anything, like straight up. You know what I consume? I consume Christian YouTubers. <laughs> I consume uh, my favorite music that's actually a lot from the Patreon community. Like I listened to I Am Rescued's EP today, like six times over and over. I listen to a lot of Fred Hammond, a lot of Kerr Franklin. I don't really watch Netflix. I don't listen to secular music. Uh, I don't really consume much of anything. Me and my wife watch Netflix. We watch, what is the show that we watch? Blacklist. That's our one show that we watch. And yes, it's a secular show. And no, I haven't watched it in weeks, maybe even a month. Why? Because I'm busy. 
because I got a family and I'm working and maybe you should be too, okay? So with that, uh, I don't consume a ton of secular stuff, just so you guys know. So, so this is not me advocating for consuming secular media. Stop thinking that. That is not what Ruslan is doing. I am not telling you, you need to go listen to Dave Chappelle or you need to go listen to secular music. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, I don't. Why? Because I don't want my brain to turn into mud consuming a bunch of useless information. It's not helpful for me. But I do consume stuff on YouTube that is secular. Valuetainment is secular. But Patrick David is a Christian, but they cover all kinds of stuff, right? That's secular. I watch Meet Kevin. That is secular, but he's talking about financial literacy and investing in the stock market. That's secular. So that's the kind of stuff I, I, I consume. Just so you guys know, I watch back. I watch Blacklist. And don't get your panties in a bun, but if Kendrick drops an album today, I'm listening to it. I am. I'm listening to the new Kendrick album. Stone me, okay? If I'm listening to Kendrick, I'll, I'll probably, if Drake drops an album tonight, I, I won't be as likely to go listen to the Drake album, but I might. But I'm definitely listening to a Kendrick album. Now, uh, if, if Dave Chappelle... Drops a stand-up tonight. I'm definitely going to listen to that Dave Chappelle stand-up. Am I riding around and listening to the Dave Chappelle stand-up over and over and over and over as he says crude things about Candace Owens, who I'm not really a fan of? Uh, but No, I'm not. I'm listening to it one time. I'm laughing at it. The, there's the parts that I'm not comfortable with, I'm not, I don't laugh at. And shoot, I might even pray for Dave Chappelle. And by the way, I think people have been sharing the gospel with Dave Chappelle. And by the way, I think that's amazing. So that's just my personal consumption. In the same way that I don't eat pizza all the time, I eat it a couple times a year, is in the same way I don't just sit around mindlessly, numblessly consuming uh, information that's crude, information that's not helpful. So, that's where I'm at. I'm a dad, okay? I'd be uncomfortable listening to Foggy Raw's music in front of my son, and that's my friend, okay? I am uncomfortable listening to some of my friend's music in front of my son, just so you guys know. So that's where I'm at. That's my personal consumption, not advocating for this. But the argument on is there, is there something valuable? Is there value in at least being aware and tapped in to where society is and where culture is, okay? Is there value in there? Is the value in there? And I will show you tonight, and a, a bunch of other folks from the Zoom call will show you tonight, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of our New Testament letters, the Apostle Paul actually quoted and was well-versed in secular poetry, secular philosophers, and was tapped in. And I would argue that if we used the way Paul was using these, these sources and his writings of Scripture, I would argue that I would argue that Paul would be very tapped into what was going on in society and what was going on in culture. And maybe that means that we should be too. Maybe that means we should be too. Not to mindlessly consume every new and shiny object that comes out. Not to just write around to every single mixtape that comes out. But that is what we're going to discuss. So let's go into it. And I'm going to show you guys some commonly misquoted verses. Some commonly misquoted verses that are actually... Um, that are actually from secular sources. And your mind may get blown because you guys probably are misquoting these things all the time. I'll give you guys three. Let me find uh, let me find some translation. The right translation I want to do, okay? So the first one is 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. That's the Zoom call on the, on the screen, by the way. Okay? Paul says... Right here, this is this is this is very common. He says, "Do not be misled. Bad company 
corrupts good character. Some of you guys are watching this and, and, and that's the verse you're quoting at me right now. Ruslan, bad company corrupts good character. How could you watch Dave Chappelle? Because bad company corrupts good character, right? Come back to your senses as you are and stop sinning for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame, right? Bad company corrupts good If you look up the word, if you look up, if you look up Paul and Pagan, Paul quoting Pagan, bad company corrupts good character is actually coming from secular pagan sources. Paul did not make that up. Paul is using secular poets, secular poets, and he's quoting them and they're in our scripture. Mind blown, right? This is not a Christian. This is not somebody that's regenerated, okay? Bad company corrupts good character. Look that up. Some say it might even go back to Socrates. I'm not sure of the source, but it's definitely not an original thought. Definitely not an original thought. Let's look at another one, shall we? Let's look at this one. 1 Corinthians 10.23, okay? This says, I have the right to do everything you say, but not everything is, is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. This is Paul writing them about um, secular uh, pagan idols and having liberty, right? Another translation of this, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is out of play. This is a verse that's often often quoted, oddly enough, when we're talking about secular media. Often quoted when we're talking about, uh, you know, listening to Kendrick. Uh, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Did you know that that's not an original thought from Paul? Did you know that Paul, the Apostle Paul, is actually quoting secular poets and philosophers? That is not an original thought. That is not a Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Paul is quoting secular stuff and putting it in scripture? He's quoting something and he's making it secular and he's using it to illustrate his point of what? Following Jesus. Follow Jesus. Use your discretion. Use your conscience. Right? Be smart. I'll prove it to you one more time. Let's go to Acts 17. This is Paul in Athens. This is how I believe, this is my opinion, this is how I believe will be a beneficial way for us that when we're engaging with those who are far from God, engaging with those who did not grow up in the church, engaging with those who don't know Jesus, check out how Paul shares this. Paul in Athens, Acts 17. He says, when Paul was waiting for them in Athens, Athens is in Greece. This is, this is again, this is where they all gathered, where all the intellectuals gathered, right? It says, uh, while, Paul, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. What idols to who? Christian idols? No, these were secular idols. These were pagan gods, right? So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day with those who happened to be there. So they were God-fearing Greeks and they were Jews, right? Uh, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, different groups, by this is a different, different group of people, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with them. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because, be, they said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So Paul's preaching about Jesus. He's preaching about the resurrection. We should be doing this, right? Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Eripagus, Ari, Ari, Eribacus, I always butcher that word, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and foreigners who live there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. This sounds like the new age community today. They just want to sit around in a, in a, in a circle and, and, and play kumbaya and just talk about stuff all day. They don't really want to do anything. They just want to talk about ideas. This is who these, who these folks are, right? And it says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Ari. How do you say that word? Ari, 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 
Areopagus. Pastor Roy, help me out. How do you say that word, man? I say Areopagus. Areopagus. So I was close. Okay. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. First of all, Paul is speaking to a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of folks that don't know God. They're pagans. They're far from God. They, they, they're, not, they're not even God-fearing Greeks. They're not even Jews. Okay? They, they, like, they don't have anything right. And listen to Paul. He gets up in front of them, and what does he first do? He first affirms them. This is interesting. This is interesting because some of you guys want to preach the gospel and start with repentance. No, Justin Bieber, Kanye needs to yell, repent, repent. Why is Justin Bieber not yelling, repent? Nah! You guys, you guys drive me nuts, right? What does Paul do? He gets up in front of a people, godless people who don't know God. And what does he do? He opens with it. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. He opens with a compliment. He opens with positive affirmation. This is wild to me. This is bizarre. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, all false gods, all foreign gods, right? I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. He takes their own idol. Watch this. He takes their own idols. He takes their own idols and he flips it and he says, I'm going to proclaim the gospel using your own idols to you. This is what we're doing here, by the way. We're taking the idols of media. We're taking the idols of celebrity. We're taking the idols of people, you know, dramatizing stuff and we're flipping it and we're sharing the gospel with it. And you guys are interested in it because we're talking about relevant events that you care about. It's literally been the model for the channel, right? I'm taking idols like YouTube, like social media, like, like stuff that we probably put before God. And I'm flipping it and I'm sharing the gospel with you, right? And he says, For as I walked around, look carefully at your objects. I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives everyone life and breath and everything else. For one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole world. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. This is beautiful. And check this out. For in him, we live and move and have our being. In him, for in him, we live and move and have our beings. And you will hear pastors quote this. For in him, we live and move and have our being. But look at the word right after it. This is some of y'all quoting scripture. Stop this. Look at the word right after it. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Paul is telling you, in scripture, he's telling you that I'm quoting your own poetry back to you. I'm quoting your own poets, your secular, godless poets that don't know God. They're not even God-fearing Jews. They're not God-fearing Greeks. They're, they don't have the law. You guys are far gone. I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote the stuff that you find relevant, the stuff that you find. I'm going to quote it to you and I'm going to redirect you to, to see that it's actually, that's actually, I can make it about Jesus and I could point out those things. So this to me, this to me, right? is like, he's, it's right there. He's quoting their poets, right? And then he goes on to say, therefore, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine, is be, is, the divine being 
that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human hands and uh, human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. There's that word. Some of you guys wanted that word. He gave you the word, right? Praise God. But where's that word in his process of sharing the gospel with people far from God? Does he open and yell repent at all these people who don't know God, don't know the God of the Bible, don't know the God of the Old Testament? Does he open with repent or does he close with repent? It's towards the end. It's interesting. For he has set a day why he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. By the man he has appointed. Who's that? Jesus. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. He talks about the bodily resurrection. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. Okay? At that point, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was... Uh, so, so a couple of people followed him. So, big takeaways. Paul is talking to non-Christians, people far from God. One, he opens with affirmation, okay? He opens with affirmation. That is very interesting to me, that when he's talking to people far from God, he's opening with affirmation. Are you, are you, are you okay complimenting a Christian? Are you okay encouraging a, uh, excuse me, are you okay with complimenting a non-Christian? Are you okay with encouraging a non-Christian? Just a word of encouragement sometimes just diffuses the drama. Acknowledging something positive about them. He is looking at a bunch of people worship false idols and false gods. And he says, I find you guys all to be very religious. What, Paul? What do you mean? How can you compliment their false religion? I don't, I don't understand how he did it, but he did it. And it's in scripture. Take it up with Paul. Don't be mad at me. Paul said it, okay? So once he, start, he starts with that, then, then he takes their own idols and he flips their own idols on them. He takes their own idols. He starts quoting their own idols. Imagine if Paul is alive today and he pulls up and he's like, yeah, you guys worship this guy named Aubrey Drake. You guys make an idol of him. And, you know, it's, it's this guy. He used to be an actor. And I'm going to quote you by, a bar. I don't even know any Drake bars. But I'm going to quote you some Drake lyrics. And I'm going to tell you how they're really about Jesus. What? Like, how? How did, like, if, 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 a, if a preacher did that today, if Kanye did that today, if Kanye was, like, on The Breakfast Club and he's like, yo, you know how Drake's always in his feelings and he's always emotional? Well, that's the way we should be about God. You guys would be like, how dare Kanye reference Drake and parallel that to sharing the gospel? Ah! Like, that. literally, that's what we have. You guys will lose your minds. You guys will lose your minds. But that's what Paul does. Don't be mad at me. Take it up with Paul. That's what Paul does. And he does it all throughout the New Testament. He does it all throughout the New Testament. Okay, so he starts with affirmation, then he quotes, then he, then he, uh, he affirms them, then he quotes some of their own poets to them, then he proclaims the gospel to them, and then he tells them to repent. In that order. That's a really bizarre way of sharing the gospel. And maybe there's something that we can learn from that. Maybe you being a little more engaged on what's happening in society will give you a little bit more credibility to speak into your non-Christian families and non-Christian friends' lives. Maybe you leading with a little positivity and a little encouragement will empower you to actually have some influence instead of being the turn and burn guy and repent. That's those of you guys that are even actually sharing your faith with anybody. A lot of y'all just want to share your faith with me on social media as if I need to be converted to stop listening to Dave Chappelle. As if all I do is ride around and listen to Dave Chappelle and Kendrick and that's what I consume. Completely missing the entire point. So, so, what's the takeaway? What's the takeaway? Now let's go, I'm, I'm going to cover one last verse and I'm going to bring in a Patreon community. Uh, I would love to hear from Pastor Roy. I'd love to hear from Jason. Um, because I think uh, I think they, they they're gonna have some value for you guys. But let's let's go to this last verse because some of you guys love quoting this last verse to me, and uh, and 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 I'm gonna pull it up. 
but before that, hey, if you're watching this live, consider subscribing, hit the like button, all that kind of stuff. People quote this verse to me and they, and they think they got me. When I say, hey man, you know, I listen to Dave Chappelle and they quote this verse to me and they're like, ha, gotcha, right? Um, okay, Ephesians 5.4, check this, ch check this out, Ephesians 5.4. They say, there should be no obscenity, foolish talk or coast or coarse joking uh, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, right? So they quote that verse to me. Um, for out of this, be sure no moral, impure, greedy person such as an adulterer. So, so they quote this verse and they say, see, listen, right here, it says it. It's clear as day, right? But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And they use that verse and they say, See, Ruslan, there should be no uh, coarse jo joking. There should be no foolish talk. And I'm like, okay, hey, let's pull this back a couple verses and let's see what Paul was actually writing about. Let's pull this back. Let's pull this back. Ephesians 4, you know, because again, I don't want to hear single verses. Don't pull out single verses. Let's look at passages. Ephesians 4, 29, this is what Paul actually is. This is the context of he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God, God get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Hey, if you're watching this video and you're triggered, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawl. Don't take any of that energy and put it in my comments section, okay? Not for me. That's from Paul. You take that up with Paul. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and brawling and slander. Get rid of all. I don't want to hear none of that content in my, in, my, in my comment section. Be kind and compassionate to one another, okay? Forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And then he goes into Ephesians 5, which says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and, just, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant... Uh, Offering and sacrifice to God, but among you there must not be a hint of sexual immorality. Is there a hint of sexual immorality uh, in you, right? Or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place for our Thanksgiving. So you pulling up to the comment section and saying that I, I'm promoting coarse joking by saying I, I listen to Dave Chappelle. I think he's a great thinker. I think he's a great philosopher. Um, are you living up to the first part of this? Because this is, to me, this is how this reads. And maybe I'm wrong, but again, I think I think when Jesus sets the bar higher and higher for our morality, you have heard it was said, do, you know, don't commit adultery. I tell you, if you look at a woman lustfully, um, you, 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 you've committed adultery in your heart. You have heard it was said, don't commit murder. I tell you, if you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart, right? And so what I would say, and, I, and again, this is my, my view of this, right? What I think this is saying is he says, he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You thought it was about cuss words. You thought it was about not listening to secular music. You thought it was about not watching secular TV. But I'm telling you, hey, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth. Don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and that may benefit those. So you can get it right with, 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 no, uh, with no profanity and no cursing and cut out secular music, and maybe we should, but are you actually living up to that standard? You can get it right and say, hey man, I'm not fornicating, I'm not sleeping around, but is there a hint of sexual immorality? Is there a hint of lust in your heart, right? What I think this is doing, what I think this is doing is this is creating a dependency 
is this is creating a dependency for us in the gospel. Is that the same way Jesus is saying the you you think the the you're a rule keeper? Oh, you love your rules and you make up all these rules. But I'm telling you, you can't live up to my rules. I got to do it for you. And I think Paul, maybe, maybe I don't know. This, this is my opinion. This is not my exegesis. My opinion. Maybe what Paul is saying is you think it's about all these moral conducts, but really the bar is so high that when you realize that not even anything unwholesome is supposed to come out of our mouth, that when we understand that we give an account for every word, that it's that the bar is so high that you need Jesus again and again. You need the gospel again. You, you got to be dependent on Jesus. And when we realize that even in our good works and even in our restraint that we still fall short, there's freedom of that. There's freedom in that. Like he talks about in Galatians 5, there's freedom in that. So just to summarize it, I'm not saying you should listen to Kendrick or you shouldn't. A lot of you probably shouldn't. I'm not saying I do regularly. I do maybe once a year when an album comes out. I don't listen to Dave Chappelle regularly. I do maybe once a year when he drops a new special, twice a year. I think he dropped two in the last year, right? So that's that's where I'm at. However, it is important. It is important that we understand this gospel principle that you are not justified by your restraint, by you avoiding secular music, by you not listening to Dave Chappelle or any of that. You are justified by the work of Jesus on the cross. And then when you have a regenerated heart, you act accordingly to the grace over your life. Then you act in a way that makes sense. And God's not looking at you to, to, to take a left turn when you should have took a right turn and sending you and damning you to hell. Okay, God's not sitting there disappointed every time you, 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 know, you, you, you slip up and say a cuss word. There's enough grace for that. There's enough grace for all of us, okay? So that's where I'm at. I want to hear from you guys. My fear is that we slip into a legalistic generation. There's a lot of people that are zealous for the Lord, but we slip, slip into a legalistic generation and we start thinking that avoiding culture and avoiding all these things makes us more righteous. And the truth is um, you're going to just be more checked out and you need to find that restraint. And I'm not saying don't, don't, don't avoid certain things. Many of us should. The other side is that we're flippant and we do whatever we want and we have no holiness over our lives. I want to find that healthy balance where we're all walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. King's Dream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn.